was a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on Wednesday the 25th of June 2008. I always ask the newcomers who eventually hear uh, that there's someone else on the circuit and they end up checking into the site I tell, or listen to the show. I tell them to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because you can download lots of previous talks which is trying to educate you, really. That's what all its talks are about, to educate you into the histories behind the movement that's taking over today, a movement which is well-planned, well-organized, and is global, and it did not spring up in 2001, all by its lonesome. Also look into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download written in the various tongues of Europe. You print them up and pass them around. And also remember, you can look into the site, let's say, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you can buy the books that I have written, books which are different. It's not the usual stuff you get at school. These books are written to show you stuff that really you should know yourself already if your mind was functioning properly with the signs and the symbols that are all around you. We've all been dumbed down, intentionally so, because these are old sciences, sciences which were used in ancient times on vast populations are still used today, even more so, more, more effectively, because we have the electronic media. We also have universal education to make sure we, we all get the same downloading and the same opinions given to us. We're taught not to reason. And the media then takes over when we leave school, and they give everyone across the planet the same data, just data, or disinformation. And we part it to each other without thinking it through, without reasoning, without checking it up. We're being conditioned daily, in fact, for our lives into a hell, a planned hell of depopulation and totalitarian society. As I say, look into my, my site, and you can also donate. That keeps me going. I don't get paid for shows that I'm on. I've never asked for money from any show, nor received it for being on the radio or television. So it's up to you, the listener, to keep me personally going. The stuff that comes in to keep it going on the show comes from the advertisers, and that goes straight to the radio station because they have to pay all their staff and always update new equipment and so on. And everyone knows, in this day and age of computers, it's constant updating. These things change so quickly. As they also go into the next internet system, which is coming up pretty soon. How long we have to keep talking and spreading this kind of news is probably short, fairly short, because the big boys, the big media, want first grabs 
at the new internet system and the little sites will all be gone. It was planned that way at the beginning. And most people think we're just rolling along and developing day by day and that things just evolve all by themselves. When it comes to information networks, nothing evolves by itself because knowledge is power. In the 1800s, many books were written about the power of the only media there was at that time outside talking to each other, and that was the newspapers. It was all well discussed then, the power that they wielded. I'll be back with more after these messages. remind the people too that all media as I say is propaganda in the 1800s they wrote lots of books on the power and influence of media after all if all information is coming from a handful of sources and they're all in one cartel you won't know what truth is anymore but it's written in such a way it sounds kind of truthful that's why they, they train journalists to write in a certain way and then you have editors that really are the, a form of censor their job is to decide what gets into the paper and what doesn't. What you should know and what you're not supposed to know. But most of it is propaganda, especially today. This article I'm about to read is a prime example of propaganda. And I always remember the ancient philosophers of Greece where they talked about logic. Logic must always be the same when the same circumstances are presented that the outcome must be the same if you work your way through logic. And here's how you'll find, you hear this particular article is written for a purpose of propaganda to justify a new section of police in Britain. And it doesn't use logic. It's not meant to use logic. It's meant to create a form of disassociation within the reader itself and make you terrified and, and actually make you thankful that such a, a new unit has been created. That's his intention. This is from the Telegraph on the 25th of the 6th, 2008. It says, a schoolboy aged 12 has been identified as an Al-Qaeda-inspired extremist after sending beheading videos to his classmates police have disclosed. Now, if people have noticed across the world that every nation in the Western Hemisphere is subject now to total surveillance and bending over at airports and so on and borders regardless if you're blonde, blue-eyed or whatever else then this, this war supposedly is all about a, a handful of small people in Afghanistan so they're trying to say that anybody could be Al-Qaeda to justify the fact that everyone across the planet is bending down because of what's happening so that they're saying a schoolboy age 12 has been identified as an Al-Qaeda-inspired extremist. Now, of course, they can't name him, and it's probably bogus. But this is a, a PR blurb. 
And it says here, anti-terrorism chiefs have said the example revealed how violent extremism is spreading like a virus, infecting young minds. Violent extremism. For those who can remember what the sky used to look like and who have a memory today, have you ever wondered down through the years why all you get from the movies and so on is nothing but violence and guns and winners and losers? And that children for the last 15, 18 years been brought up with video games designed for the military to make them able to kill more easily their opponent. That's what video games were designed for. That's admitted to by the big companies that sell these video games. So if he was a child brought up on this stuff, and at least it's probably a fake one, a fantasy child, but this is what they're using. And it's just like a virus infecting young minds. Remember what it was Agent Smith said in the movie The Matrix to Morpheus, You're, you people, you humans are a virus. It's right from the script. It says here, the blonde white schoolboy from West Yorkshire is among 120 people being dealt with by police in a new, and here's the, here, the whole point of this article, in a new anti-terrorism scheme targeting Al-Qaeda-inspired youth. It says, he's been identified only by the initials BC and was reported by his school after he was found circulating video clips of terrorists beheading Westerners. It's, it's, it's quite astounding. I mean, the BBC still churns out movies on Queen Elizabeth I and Henry VIII and all the rest of it, and all these dramas, and they were rather famous for cutting heads off people. Now, this is what history is full of. And this, this beheading stuff was all over the mainstream media over and over again. Sidekick driving, just like the towers coming down. Repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Sir Norman Bettison, chief constable of West Yorkshire, said, that was bad enough, but he also has an unnatural interest in guns and weapons. Have you seen the recent British cop? He's got a belt around him. He's got mace hanging off it. He's got tasers hanging off it. He's got an MP5 machine gun. And he's dressed all in black. He's got a rather unnatural interest in guns and weapons, too. This uh, Norman Bettison, who's getting financed in this new department, so this is his, his, his super blurb here. He spoke openly of his wish to be a sniper and spoke of his curiosity of what it would be like to kill someone. There's a, a book out that's called Hollywood Goes to War. It's about the, the massive financing of governments down through the years from World War II onwards, to, which to do with war movies financed by the Pentagon, the taxpayer. It also mentions Britain's Pinewood Studios that got in on the act as well. The whole idea to be influence young boys to like guns and to like uniforms. And so they'll go off to war when, when required. That's what it's all about, you see. So here's a youngster doing exactly what his training and his excess training of video games and all that has made him do. You see? So Sir Norman described him as an angelic-looking boy whose police mugshot showed... And this is, this is all of us now, a fair-haired child, fair-haired, so short that his head was barely in the frame of the camera. He's at risk of being a violent young man and a threat to society, the chief constable said. 
He's not a Muslim. See, there's your second point. He's not driven by ideology. That's your third point. He's too young to spell the word. Well, I sure we can continue with this before I make a comment, but he has been influenced and intoxicated by the imagery and appeal of jihadists and other internet violence. Look at any video store. Go into it. Look at the, the war section. Look at the drama section. Everywhere you'll see it's a guy with a big long gun with a silencer on it and some blonde hanging over his arm. That's all you'll see. Guns, sex, guns and sex, and violence. And it's all to affect people. It's meant to affect people. That's the purpose of culture creation. If they wanted us all to be like little hogs in the prairie, they'd give us a whole new set of values, and we'd adopt it, quite, quite simply, as we have in other times. He's been influenced in talks about the imagery and appeal of jihad. So it's the jihadists are the blame, nothing else. See? Not all these video games, the big well-known ones. So Norman, speaking at a conference of police chiefs in Liverpool, now the Police Chiefs Association, remember, belongs to the United Nations, for those who don't know. That's across the Western world, too said that the internet helped to peddle the virus. So the internet's another bad one, point four. See, internet, internet. He added, we know that there is a latent sense of grievance in the minds of many young people, which in the right conditions can lead to the desire for violent expression. No kidding. No kidding. What happens if they learn how to build and deploy an explosive device that will cause mass casualties? I guess I should add like James Bond movies, eh? Or of course, al Qaeda. Al-Qaeda can get their hands on these people to act as mules for a more sophisticated attack. What if? What if the sky should fall? What if there's an earthquake under your feet? Eh? If a car should drive through your wall right now? It's all ridiculous. But here's the point of the whole, this whole thing. This young guy, if he even exists, is the exact candidate these guys want. He's got the right qualifications, really. He actually goes on about it later on in the article. It is even a real boy, as I say. The 12-year-old boy arrived in Britain as an asylum seeker in July 2005 at the height or the age of eight, allegedly assisted a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old boy in the forced rape of his sister, although he was never prosecuted, police revealed. He is now being handled under a scheme known as Channel Project, which has been running for the past nine months. So there he is, supposedly... He's got the ability to rape, he's into sadism, interest in guns. They should recruit this guy and train him for their torture camps. He's an ideal candidate. He's got all the psychopathic qualities that you need, you see. So we should all write to him, this, this Mr. Mr. No, uh, Sir Norman, you see, Sir Norman, and, and tell him, don't, don't miss this opportunity, because he's a young guy who likes guns, who's into forcing people to do things. And, uh, he, he, and he's no, obviously no qualms about hurting people. Recruit him. He's the ideal psychopath. Boy, he can miss opportunities, can't they? Eh? But they probably will do a, if he really exists, they'll probably do a clockwork orange on him and turn him into the ideal recruit where he can get real guns and wear the uniforms and be the real bully. And he'll be, be protected by the government. That's the world we're living in. This is the world we're living in where we've had years and years and years of violence, violence, sex and violence, you see. 
you always stimulate the spinal cord, the sex and violence. That's actually in actual movies, that kind of quote. That's how you stimulate it, sex and violence, sex and violence. To end up with a society that is pseudo-masochistic in nature. And if they're masochistic, they allow the most horrible things to be done to themselves. And that's what government wants. We are run by sciences. Very old, tried and tested sciences. There are no mistakes here. And they've been perfected. And we're going through an ancient horror in a new time. Back with more after this break. They do know they have us all so dumbed down. Most folk do not think. They simply get downloaded with topics. And that's what Brzezinski said. They said, shortly, the time will come when the public will be unable to reason for themselves. All they'll be able to do is to repeat to each other the topics that were given to them on the previous night's news. And that, unfortunately, has happened. Has happened. And we get these utter lies given out to us about little B.C. there, this little supposed real or fictionary character in Britain who admires the Al-Qaeda. All to launch a new section of police who make their money on this tripe, this tripe, this kind of tripe they peddle to the public. Because the greatest business today is the terrorism or anti-terrorism business. It's hard to tell which is which because it seems to be all coming from the same place. And here's something for little BC to admire, you see. This is what the mainstream also gives us. From the Sunday Times, June 22nd, 2008, by Michael Smith. Army vacuum missile hits Taliban. British forces in Afghanistan have used one of the world's most deadly and controversial missiles to fight the Taliban. Apache attack helicopters have fired the thermobaric weapons against fighters in buildings and caves to create a pressure wave which sucks the air out of their victims, shreds their internal organs, and crushes their bodies. This is where our government's up to. And here they are about some fictitious little BC character little blonde blue-eyed guy. Who invented this bomb? Did they have a screw loose somewhere, perhaps? Did they, did they torture and, and, uh, little animals? I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the system really telling us here? You know, if you put fireworks in frogs and blow them up and leave the log cabin... You could be president one day like Mr. Bush. Think about it. 
think about it, how they can attack one side or one person and, and do the same thing or worse and, and hail it as, as progress for their own. See, there's no logic here. No logic. Some's either right or it's wrong. Regardless of their new Kabbalistic belief system, there is no right or wrong. There's right or wrong. And if it's bad for little Mr. B.C. to admire guns and power and all that kind of stuff and using force, then it should be bad for all the rest of them too. But here's the British military using this vacuum bomb that sucks the lungs out of you and shreds your internal organs. could do to thousands in one go. The Ministry of Defense has admitted to the use of weapons condemned by human rights groups as brutal on several occasions, including against a cave complex. The use of Hellfire AGM-1149 weapons has been deemed so successful, this is successful, you see, they will now be fired from RAF Reaper unmanned drones, unmanned drones controlled by pilots at Creech Air Force Base in Nevada, a Ministry of Defense spokesman added. So you don't need pilots now. You don't even have to be over there physically. They use these drone aircraft that load them up over there, and it's all done on a computer screen back in a, an Air Force base in Nevada, where they have an RAF section attached to the U.S. Air Force. And so these young guys there, see, these are the good young guys who are brought up on video games to kill and stuff, sit and doing the same thing on a, a computer, and it, it seems to them like a video game, just the same way. But these are good guys. These are good killers. The little BC is a potential bad killer. You see? You understand now? You're getting the logic here. This is what we're given. To ponder. Thermobaric weapons or vacuum bombs were first combat tested by the Soviet Union when they were in Afghanistan in the 1980s. We forget that too. Because there are no sites here. The last ones to go down is Islam. And it was the Soviet's job to bash them before we got involved. And the use by Russia against civilians in Chechnya in the 1990s was condemned worldwide. So now they bought them from the Russians to use. Now they're all, they're all pals. We're all in the same hellish fire together. The secret decision to buy the Hellfire missiles was made earlier this year following problem attacking Taliban fortified positions. British Apache pilots complained that standard Hellfire anti-tank missiles were going straight through buildings and out the other side. What a waste of taxpayers' money. Even when they did explode, there were limited casualties among the Taliban inside, particularly when a building contained a number of rooms. American Apache pilots overcame the problem in Iraq with the thermobaric Hellfire. The weapons are so controversial that Minister of Defence weapons and legal experts spent... 18 months debating whether British troops could use them without breaking international law. That's all it boils down to. Not little BC, little blue-eyed guy. You have the law behind you. That's what it's all about, you see. If it's behind you, you can do what you want. You'll get approval. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
brought back cutting through the matrix and just trying to point out to people that they must start thinking and reasoning for themselves and stop taking what's presented to them and just parting it. Always ask yourself what's the purpose behind it? Where is the goal? What's it driving at? Where does it want to take us? There's always a reason in this day of crisis creation. Crisis, crisis is everywhere. It's the biggest business out there. It's the only business out there. And it's all to do with changing the society from one old world system to a new world system, the new world order. A planned society which is totalitarian in every respect of life. We are the business. See, the people are the business. You're the only real business, only producers out there. Governments produce nothing except problems and chaos and fear and homelessness and all the rest of it. And with the backing of healthcare systems to make sure you get your deadly diseases injected right into you. So you're crippled. Because that meeting's long ago, you know. Long ago, world meetings. About depopulation. And they said to take down the third world countries in Africa quickly. Because there was no one powerful enough there to complain. No one would care. But the West would have to be taken down with crippling diseases. They would put people out of the mating game of procreation and make them useless as sexual and long-term partners. And suddenly, suddenly, mind you, in the 70s, early 70s, out of nowhere, absolute nowhere, came all these diseases, chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr syndrome, a whole range of diseases that made people tired and lethargic and certainly were no real fun to be around if you're young. These guys never, ever make wish lists and publish them from top world positions and just leave it at that. When they publish something, they go ahead and do it. They make it happen. That's why they have these problem-solving committees. Here's what we want done. It's your job to make sure that it is done by stealth means or whatever means possible. The public will never figure it out because the public are being domesticated. They're taught to trust the experts. And that's what Bertrand Russell said in the 1950s. We shall create a nation and nations of people who will be unable to do anything without advice of an expert. That has happened. You can't watch the weather on the news without them bringing somebody in to tell you what to wear that day. Like a little child. It's astounding. It's astounding that people say, for God's sake, we're not children. Get that rubbish off. Mind you, very few people can even remember what normal weather was like. I'm surprised how many people have written to me about the, the trails in the sky. And they've admitted they never ever looked up before, so there's nothing to compare it to. All these streaks and mush across the sky as the planes go back and forth and back and forth and create storms and all the rest of it. And they all have chronic bronchitis and problems breathing. 
And now you have people in their 40s being diagnosed with allergies and asthma. That never happened before. Because they're getting dumped on with all these chemicals. They're all irritants and some are carcinogenic. But you see, the Wizard of Oz must convince the whole world according to the book put out. The book put out by the top think tank for strategy. The Club of Rome. One of the biggest think tanks and foundations. The first global revolution written by the founders of the group. And in there they admit that back in the 70s they looked for a way to unite humankind the world over and they only unite in times of war because of fear you see them all work together and give power over to governments individual rights go over and, you, and government takes over and so they hit upon the idea after going through a whole bunch of scenarios including possibly UFOs attacking would that work with not propaganda and sci-fi and all the rest of it but then they hit upon the idea that says that if they could blame mankind for altering the weather and destroying the world then man would be the enemy says, yeah that would fit the bill that's their words it would fit the bill so the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain with high technology is spraying the crap out of you every day and every night and they have been for 10 years or more they're actually doing it back in the 50s by the way testing it out then in the 50s this is for 10 years solid they've been doing it almost daily and that's why your weather is going all loopy the stuff comes down it goes in your house it's a grey little powder it forms everywhere you look it's a kind of grey dust it's been analysed by me I've talked to my shows about it other people have analysed it too and they're altering the weather and it's also used in conjunction with HARP look into my website go through the previous talks you'll find the data on it old sciences old old sciences used worldwide look into the treaty signed in the 1970s at the United Nations on weather warfare and you will see that everything you're seeing today including famine drought floods all the rest of it can be done by harp alone and then you'll also see in the same treaty that they can augment it by spraying metallic type particles in the atmosphere it increases the power of the harp frequencies as they manipulate the weather now unfortunately I know most folk will always believe the talking head that they've grown up with on television before they'll believe me because that's why they keep these old geezers there until they drop off their chairs and about when they're about 80 you grow up with them they stay right at you apparently from that glass screen right at you and would they lie to you those respectable men well of course they would all they do is read a dummy board they don't make up this stuff they just, they're readers for goodness sake but they're convincing readers and they're authoritarian and sort of fatherly overtly fatherly paternal type figures and their job is to get is to lie like crazy to you to bend your mind and make you believe them that's their job that's why they're paid so much money any fool can read they're paid so much money to stay on the same stations because we don't have the same it doesn't have the same effect to keep changing news anchors so I'll jump now to 
to Joe in California. Are you there, Joe? Yeah, how you doing, Alan? Not so bad. Great. Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about um, society being in a, in a state of change today. And um, I'd like to read just a few sentences from the book uh, Future Shock by Alan Toffler, yeah. which I think illustrates that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and this is from the chapter The Economics of Impermanence. It says, uh, in the past, permanence was ideal, whether engaged in handcrafting a pair of boots or in the construction of a cathedral, all man's creative and productive energies went toward maximizing the durability of the product. Man built to last. He had to. As long as the society around him was relatively unchanging, each object had clearly defined functions and economic logic dictated the policy of permanence. Even if they had to be repaired now and then, the boots that cost $50 and lasted 10 years were less expensive than those that cost $10 and lasted only a year. Um, now we get to as the general rate of change in society accelerates, however, the economics of permanence are and must be replaced by the economics of transience, transience being um, a throwaway society or things passing with time. Um, being the definition of transients. Uh, that being said, uh, I think that's where the elitists get their order out of Cayo, um, their order out of chaos. Yeah, um, what I mean. and Toffler himself, Toffler worked for them. That's why he wrote, these guys don't make guesses and so on. Uh, these guys right, work for them, and Toffler uh, was an empl- employee of them. He wrote the third way uh, to do with the coming together of capitalism and communism. Newt Gingrich right. was his, his sponsor. He handed them all to the congressman, and the whole agenda is in there for the future. Yeah, right, absolutely. And um, like I said, the order out of chaos agenda. Um, I, my question, I guess, is what's the next immediate change? Obviously, the chip is the end game, and and having a complete order of, uh, over the human order and over the human soul. Um, yeah. But what's the next immediate change uh, that we can look for? The immediate change is quite simple. They're, they're, they're already herding people into the cities by the cost of uh, rising the, the gas, transportation costs. And I mean, even where I am, they're going to triple the property taxes in all rural areas to, to encourage that along. And they want you all crammed in the cities. And then once but you're I all can, in there, I've no doubt you'll get the plague start. Yeah. yeah, I can see that through our floods here in the Midwest, uh, the food supply being totally decimated as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's, that's, bring us this, winter's, this winter, I think, is going to be hellish. Yeah, yeah. And generally, you won't see the effects until about a year's time, and then you're going to start to hear about something you never thought about, and that's going to be starvation along the Western Hemisphere. It's planned right. that way. It's planned right. that way, quite simply. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, Alan. I want to uh, let all new listeners know that are just new to waking up. Alan's one of the only guys you'll find that tells it like it is. Um, you're going to run into a lot of uh, controlled opposition people and counterintelligence uh, websites out there. I encourage everybody to download everything you have on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because uh, it's one of the only true websites that I've found uh, from beginning to end. So thank you, Alan. Well, thanks for calling. And speaking of uh, the country, life, there's a whole bunch of the same articles appearing across the world, but mainly in the Western Hemisphere. And all, all newspapers, all countries, on the same topic. And here's one of them right here. It's called Rethinking the Country Life as Energy Costs Rise, New York Times. And this is the 25th of June. Elizabeth, Colorado. Suddenly, the economics of American suburban life are under assault as skyrocketing energy prices inflate the cost of reaching 
heating and cooling homes on the distant edges of metropolitan, metropolitan areas. Just off Singing Hills Road and one of hundreds of two-story homes dotting a former cattle ranch beyond the southern fringes of Denver, Phil Boyle and his family openly wonder if they will have to move close to town to get some relief. And then when you, you switch over, it's got one right here. It's from, it's from New York Times. And this is again on the 19th of June. Americans choosing to abandon suburban sprawl. See, that's a negative word, sprawl, you see. In favor of a more comfortable, as good, as good, positive, comfortable, cheaper, and greener life in the city. See, it's all worded. It's all worded. This is all propaganda. Because Joe Average wants to look around and see what other people are doing, and then he does the same thing. That's how he does You know, he doesn't think things through. He just follows. So they give you this rubbish again, propaganda, and people comply without thinking, without reasoning. Americans flock to the suburbs after the Second World War. Americans flock to the suburbs after World War II, soaring energy prices and the subprime crisis are driving them back to the cities. The mass migration of America's middle classes from the urban areas to the suburbs amounted to a demographic revolution in the years after the Second World War. But the so-called drivable suburb is becoming increasingly unfeasible as soaring fuel costs make a long commute too expensive for many. Higher energy prices are also having a disproportionate impact on bigger homes, such as those found in the suburbs, as they inevitably cost more to heat in winter and cool in America's often fiercely hot summers. And I won't read the rest of it because you get the picture. It, these are propaganda pieces, you see, to help those who don't think along. With their decisions. We really wake up into a nightmare. I tell people that you come out from a dream and you wake up in a nightmare, and a lot of people cannot handle that. They can't handle the nightmare because what hits you is you really don't have what you thought was a complaints department for anything. You really thought you did have rights, and you really thought because you were trained to believe that experts above you were taking care of you. That's what they were employed to do. never dawned on you because they didn't tell us that they have a separate agenda with a, a, a long-range worldview to eliminate most of you. Quite simple. Eliminate you. There's a Department of, of Population at the United Nations. They got that from the League of Nations. That was a precursor back at the end of World War One. And they were having global meetings then about how to cull down the population and sterilize people. I've read the book before on, on psychopaths and pathocracy. And you always find psychopaths down through the ages always repeat the same things. They always turn on their population. Now it's a global psychopathic club turning on the population of the entire planet. And the one, the one good thing about psychopathy is you can recognize it. When you know the signs and symptoms and so on, you know what's coming. You know how they think. And they always repeat the same things over and over. That's a classic thing that psychopaths have. They do not learn by experience. They always repeat the same things over and over and over. And these world meetings, they calmly, very calmly, people in suits and ties and tweets and all the rest of it, Hamley and professors and all, 
they calmly discuss killing us off and using diseases to kill us off. Like Bertrand Russell said, and H.G. Wells and all the big players, who be- bemoaned the fact that they got rid of the Black Plague. They said that they needed another one. And they've said many more things along that, that way, that route. And they mean it. You see, because we don't seek power, we don't want to destroy people and kill people, Joe and Jane Average can't believe they really mean it, because they wouldn't do it. You've got to realize you're dealing with a deviant species here. Who will do it? And have been doing it. And they plan wars a century ahead. When they were fighting the Vietnam War, the CIA was already working on everything that's happening today for future wars. This is how it works. They don't do one thing at a time and go back to sleep and say that was a job well done. They're on to the next part of the geopolitical agenda and psychopolitics and geopolitics and all the rest of it. The psychopolitic part is what they did to that little guy I talked about from Yorkshire. They gave him a culture that creates murderers and killers because they need that generation for the military and the police right now. And many of them are in it. That's all they've been fed. Back with more after this break. Alan Watt back, cutting the matrix, and it's just time for one last caller. And have got John from Texas there. Are you there, John? Uh, yes, I am. I have two quick questions. Um, I just, I'm not really a, a religious person, and I don't want to get religion here uh, with you, but my big question is why don't they just kill us all? Why are they doing, putting stuff in the water and, and just and enslaving us that way? Well, if they want to get rid of half the planet, why don't they just make a big war and kill us all? It's simple. All it's, simple, it's, simple it's simple, it's simple, it's simple, it's simple. It's very simple. For centuries they've done this. They need us to do every step of their agenda so it's perfect. If you kill off everyone on the planet, they're helpless because they haven't got it all set up for the next phase yet. They'll bring us down carefully, by numbers, by proportion, per year, for a decade, until we get the agenda right through. And that's how they work, just like a computer. You miss one little part of the program, the whole thing goes to pot. These guys work by numbers. They work on data. If they killed us all off, they couldn't complete it. They don't want billions of bodies all over the planet, stinking and rotting, for them to clean up. They won't clean it up. They make us clean up our own dead. That's what they did during previous plagues. We brought the plague carts around as the, as the numbers dwindled. Every day there's more goes down, more goes down. But we still clean up our own dead and make the system continue to keep them in their luxury. Once it's done, they'll do it. They'll do it, let's say, by numbers, by areas and so on. And pandemics is perfect for that. And if they miss one step, just one step of their agenda, they lose it. That's why they're so careful. And I used to wonder why don't they jump from this step to that step since we know where they were going years ago. And I realized, no, they can't. From previous mistakes I've done probably thousands of years ago, they know they can't miss a single step. And they need our compliance at every, every step they take. We must go along with every step they take to allow them to do the next step. 
is we accept and absorb and accept and absorb. That's why they do it. Not just because they hate us. See, they, they see this as their planet. And we're in the way now. They don't need masses of peasants to keep them in luxury now. They don't need that. In a global system, they don't need countries. China's been hammered too because China's population is also to be brought down drastically because all eventually they will have to supply is a, a fairly small global elite and all their technocrats and their technicians that keep all the machinery and electrics and so on going. You're looking at far, far-ranging plans. Look at Charles Galton Darwin's book, The Next Million Years. Think about it. Think about that. The next million. What a boast, eh? And he goes through this whole agenda, too, of killing off the people, dumbing them down first, altering their hormonal levels, male and female, which has been done through injections, through and so on. So even Bertrand Russell said the same thing, through the needle, he says, through the needle. Yep, through the needle. Look at the state of the health of the people since we were given this great benefactor of science and medicine with its inoculations from the 1950s on. We've been dropping like flies. Think, reason for yourselves, Study it up, look into the books. It's not very pleasant, but we have a big, big job to do. From Hamish myself and to your Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.